0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe
1: on the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you after this last holiday weekend. And we're going to dive into a topic that uh, I don't know where you're at. I mean, maybe you've got young kids at home. Maybe your kids like mine are adults. Uh, Maybe you're helping with the grandkids. Maybe you just have influence on children in your neighborhood, at your church, at a school, wherever you're at. Uh, There are some principles, (laughs) there are some issues today that kids are having to deal with that we didn't deal with when I was growing up. Most of you probably didn't deal with them either. I mean, let's face it, uh, our culture in a lot of ways has has completely lost its mind. (laughs) So how do we face these issues how do we deal with them how do we navigate the things you can say and you can't say and yet hold to what we know is true, which is godly principles in scripture uh do it tactfully, do it well effectively um, and I don't know it's 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 a tough one, so you know what I do when i when I don't know all the answers, which is pretty much every day I get someone on the program who has really you know done some studying. Uh, done. Done. Some writing, oftentimes, uh, and and done. You know, hit this issue that uh, we want to address. That's very important. Uh, with a level of authority, that's today's guest. His name is Dan Seaborn, and he has a book just out called "Winning at Home." Actually, I think this one drops next week. Yeah, next week. This one is officially on the shelves. Um, and, and he has a ministry called "Winning at Home" as well. And this is something that he uh, has dealt with and continues to deal with and helps parents and grandparents and teachers anyone dealing with children uh he's a a wonderful resource for that so i'm excited invite you to be a part of the conversation uh judy good to see you hope you're feeling well today anybody else out there watching live jump on in here uh if you're watching the replay please do leave a comment hit like hit follow subscribe um all those wonderful things it uh, helps us get the word out to others share is a good one uh, and let you know when we have guests on, like today. Dan, great to have you on Life Today Live.
1: Thank you, Randy. It's so kind, and I appreciate the work you do, uh, the way you're seeking to help people grow in their relationship with the Lord, and I join you today to seek to do just that.
0: Well, and yeah, we're, we're trying. We're doing our best wherever, wherever people are. We're doing our best, and really, these days, we're having to discuss some things that I never thought we'd have to discuss with children. I never thought even to discuss with children in many ways. But what are you trying to communicate in this particular book?
1: Well, this is an interesting um, thing that happened with this book, Randy. I wasn't setting out to write a book. Uh, I have you know, four kids, seven grandkids. I've pastored now for 30, 35 years. And I lead a ministry, as you said. The name of the book is Winning at Home, Salem Communication. I actually named the book. They asked me if we could give it that title. And I said, sure, I'm not going to fight you on that. <laughs> but the the whole goal of the book, the whole purpose of the book is to speak into the chaos in our society. You know, when they first called me and said, Will you write this book about the tough topics that we're facing in our society? I was like, I don't I don't really know if I want to <laughs> get into all that stuff. But yeah. you know, at our we we have headquarters in Zealand, Highland, Grand Rapids, Michigan area and at our offices here like pre-pandemic we would have probably had 120 calls on a weekly basis monthly basis i say i'm sorry monthly basis for people new clients looking to get counseling coaching that sort of thing post-pandemic 240 like like double what we had before Mm -hmm. and here's where it's coming from millennials and kids those are the people who are calling our office and the general consensus from people calling is i'm confused uh, chaos in my mind. I don't know what uh, what's up, what's down. What you just said, the world has flipped. You know, the things that you hear, it's like, wait, that's just the opposite of what truth is. And in that culture, in that society, kids are really struggling. And, you know, when I speak to teens, I'm an old youth pastor, so I love to still speak to teens. And when I do, I start by just apologizing. and I say to them, I'm sorry, there hasn't been an adult in the room. I'm sorry that no one's telling you what is foundational truth. And I believe that truth comes from God's word. And I love you uh, and I will walk alongside you, but I love you enough to say some things that you need to hear. And the fun part of it, that whole thing is that I had a kid stop me yesterday in Chick-fil-A, yesterday in Chick-fil-A, a teen walked up to me and said, Hey, Dan, you know, you recently did a message on just finding your identity in Christ and not finding it first in sexuality. Make sure you go to go to what the Lord says about you, what the word of God says about you. And this 17 year old girl comes up and starts talking to me. And I was like, where'd you hear that? She said, well, someone, you know, sent me a little podcast of you speaking on that topic. And I said, what did do inside? She goes, I just need a foundation. I need something I can stand on in a world that seems to just be sliding all over the place. And that girl to me yesterday, that 17 year old wrapped up what our office is seeing, what our society is seeing, what I'm sure many of you who have kids or grandkids uh, coming home, sharing something with you. You don't even want to hear. So when Salem approached me and said, will you tackle some of these tough topics and give parents some guidance on how to, to deal with them moving forward? Uh, I went to actually all of our counselors and coaches and I said, I'm not writing this by myself. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. put you together because each of them have expertise on these different areas. And that's how this book came about. It's not something that I told you before we came on the area. I'm, I'm not a self promoter. I'm not going to push my book, but I'm going to tell you that I believe the things in this book will give you some practical ways you can have conversations with your kids on topics that are scary.
0: Yeah. And I think the obvious one is the gender and sexuality. That's got a lot of parents really up in arms uh, and a lot of kids really confused. Totally, And we want to talk about that, but I am curious, is, is that, is that like, you know, half your calls, 90% of your, your calls, is that, is that the big one or there's some other ones that are also pretty heavy today?
1: In our teen area specifically, I'll go there because that's where a lot of this comes from. Those calls, uh, anxiety, depression, and gender issues. Those are our main things, anxiety and depression, two different things, you know, that can confuse people. They tend to tie those two together. Anxiety is more of a short term worry. Depression is what you get after you've had a year worth of short term anxiety. So anxiety kind of feeds into depression, but those are the main things come the kids are coming in with. And then the other part of it, Randy, that is really important for the adults who are dealing with kids or teens with some of these topics is, so the new word, the new way that teens communicate is they use this word a lot. It's trauma. Mm-hmm. Use trauma. Is it, trauma has just become a term that's thrown out with anything. And if you aren't willing to listen to what they have to say, they feel very traumatized. Well, for those who are older, especially I'm, I'm sixty-one. For somebody who's seventy-one, they look at some of these things that millennials are dealing with and go, "Trauma? You want me to tell you about trauma? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know?" Right. And I told, I'm in the middle, going, I get both sides. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But you got to remember, a 17-year-old, the only world he's known is the last 17 years. Mm -hmm. He can't relate to any of those things that a great-grandfather or grandfather or even a father has dealt with. And so, you know, the ability as a parent to have a conversation with a kid who's only 17 years old in terms of their understanding, it takes a lot of delicate (laughs) uh, mental ability, uh, really, really tender conversations. And that's one of the things our counselors talk to me a lot about. Our, our main girl counselor works a lot with teen girls. I said to her the other day, if you could say one thing to parents, like if, if you were me, you're out speaking because that's what I to travel and speak. If you could say one thing to parents, what would that be? She goes, Oh, damn, that was so simple. I'm thinking, Oh, wow, what, what is it? You know? And I said, What's the main thing you'd tell parents? She said, When they come to you and they want to share something with you that as soon as you hear it, you're going to be freaking out on the inside. She said, Let me just tell parents let your facial gestures all your body language exhibit nothing don't give them any power or control just look very calm I said do you know how hard that is because <laughs> I've had the kid do that you know she goes I know but it's the reason they come see me again because they know this is a safe place for me to share all my thoughts or feelings they know I'm going to come back and tell them we well, are thinking wrong etc there but I don't react she yeah. said just being non-reactionary and then as a parent And this is gonna encourage some parent today or someone who's dealing with a kid in one of these situations. If they're talking to you about this, good job. That means you must have established a pretty good Mm -hmm. relationship with them that they wanna come and have that conversation with you. So don't see it all as negative. See as part of the journey you're on to get your kids where they need to be with the Lord. And this might be a difficult valley you're going through, but the fact that they wanna talk to you, that's a really good sign.
0: Yeah, and it's good to always remember to act, not react, because that reaction Over. can shut the door on future conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they need most is, is to maintain that, that communication. Uh, I'm curious. I was in a coffee shop recently and overhearing a conversation, and this young girl, I mean, I mean she looked about 12 to me. She was probably about 20. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? But, but she was going on uh, to someone else just She's, she had a loud voice. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop. But she was going yeah. on about her anxiety. Oh, man, my anxiety. And I'm sitting here, and I'm kind of having that old man reaction, I think, of, Yeah. yeah. Of, come on, really? Yeah. You know? ah. <laughs> but it, it's real. It. Do you think real. it's, is it just something we're better at talking about with these mental health issues than when you and I grew up? Or For is sure. there, is the world, I don't know, maybe it's COVID. I don't know. Is there really okay. just that much more anxiety? I'm just trying to, sometimes I think I'm. What's going on with the kids these days?
1: Well, I think it's twofold. I think that the open communication about it has definitely changed. You know, even what I lead here, this counseling center, I'm a pastor. I'm not a counselor, but I'm around counselors and coaches all day long. If I just go back 20 years, people didn't want to call in here. People didn't want to admit it, didn't want to say my family's dealing with anything. If I go back to my childhood, you know, when I was a kid, my parents struggle like crazy but nobody knew so we don't tell anybody right. and that's been broken through it's just the opposite in fact in the town i live in here people will say well so-and-so is my counselor you know you meet somebody and you, yeah we use so-and-so over at winning home and i'm like you're bragging about your counselor <laughs> i mean that's a generational change so yeah. first of all it has uh, people have been freed up social media obviously fed into that because you can say whatever you want to say online you're protected by the screen so i think with those type of changes Okay. That's come about. And then secondly, I believe that one of the things that's happening with kids these days is um, when, when me and you, for example, Randy, went home to school at 30, 4 o'clock, when I, when I got off the bus, I was done with my school stuff for the day. I might have hung out with a friend or something, right. but I didn't know what everybody else was doing the rest of the night. Mm. And in the world these kids are in, that never stops. 3.30, my son talks about this a lot. He said, 3.30, school life doesn't stop. The bullying that happened pre-330, at school got pushed around, et cetera, they're still pushing me around online. And that sort of thing has, has created a great deal of anxiety. Just before I came live with you here, I was out in the hallway here at our offices and I was just talking to a kid, he's 15, and he's here today because he's just struggling with so much anxiety because he it doesn't have a place he feels he can get away from all the stuff that's coming at him. So the, the wonderful, beautiful part of what me and you are doing right now, the fact that you're reaching a million people is awesome but the problem on the backside is it also opens up to way more uh, intentional and daily scrutiny uh that teens especially are ruthless with because I, i know me you i'm just telling you you take me back to 16 you put me online you're gonna have some trouble and so you know the reality is that's where a lot of our kids are living
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and it's an interesting thing. I I thank God every day that everything that I said when I was a teenager isn't out there in some tweet forever or something.
1: Seriously, no joke.
0: How do you, what do we do with the, I I don't want to be the Luddite and say nobody should, you know, no kid should ever be online or shouldn't be on this social media platform and that one, but we got to get a little bit of a grip on it, don't we?
1: We really do. In this book, we have a chapter dedicated to talking about the significant things that are happening online that most parents don't know about you know i have a friend who spends his whole life talking to teens about this very topic and Mm -hmm. talking to parents about it because frankly a lot of teens are doing things that are straight up illegal online don't even know it don't even realize they're doing things that are illegal so just being knowledgeable of the potential dangers and also the ways you could get yourself into trouble that you're not even aware of and again randy i go back to put me at 16 put a phone in my hand i'm telling you me and you probably <laughs> wouldn't be doing what we're doing today if somebody tracks that stuff down and so it, though it feels innocent as a teen as an adult this goes back to being the adult in the room you've got to be aware of some of these things and communicate stuff to your kids and talk to them about it not in a way of condemning them or acting like they're clueless and don't understand it all come alongside them and say you know what I didn't deal with this as much as you, but let's talk about it. Because I think some of the things you're doing could get you in trouble. And then having some boundaries, having some good boundaries that you talk about with your kids and talk about with your teens so that there is some parental control involved. And as, as I always say, if it's in your house, you do have control of it. Any parent listening, you still can do things. in, in the tech world we're in, you can control a lot of the things that happen online, especially in your home. And don't be afraid to do that. Your home should be a safe place for you and your children, and you can make some certainties that that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, 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 and it's a tough one because we're all learning, you know. And I yeah, think totally. Some of the trauma and anxiety that we're discovering now, we weren't necessarily aware of in the past, and no, and, no. and that's okay. We got to we got to walk it together. I want to show people your website. This okay. is winningathome.com. dot uh, com, and there's resources there, podcasts, lots of books, including the one we're talking sort of around today and yeah. we're not we're not just here to promote winning at home the book no, but no. all the, the the topics we're discussing are laid out in a format that you can access and again that'll be available next week actually can you pre-order that now do you think
1: is yeah you I, can i, I, I saw okay. when i actually went online yesterday look and you can pre-order you? It. yeah okay I, yeah, I, Amazon. Have to look.
0: so you can pre-order winning at home now, right now if you want because dan seaboard hits these very difficult issues um and even the more difficult ones. And this is the big one. This is the big dog one that is is crazy on one level and yet very real for a lot of people. Um, and this is the idea of gender and, and sexuality. What do you say on that?
1: Well, the first thing I try to do is get parents to understand that having your own foundation in this area. In fact, chapter one is dedicated to parents. How How good are you at knowing where your true identity comes from? Because sometimes our children struggle with their own identity and even gender identity because they don't see a good, solid example in us. And it's a challenging first chapter to take a look at. I know for me, I have uh, four kids. Two of my daughters really struggled. I had a wayward daughter who went into some crazy wild lifestyle. By God's grace, after seven years, she's back with Jesus. But I had to ask myself some hard questions. You know, I, I think I was a killer good dad. But when you have a wayward child, when you're going through this kind of stuff, when they're coming and asking you questions that you don't want to hear and you're scared what's going to come out of their mouth next, then you're looking for some guidance. Um, if If you aren't going to the Lord's Word, you're looking for your guidance in some places that will give you wrong direction. And I believe as a parent, when we find our identity in Christ, when we understand that no matter what happens to our kid, no matter what comes out of their mouth, we are good because we're God's kid. And I start here because when, as a parent, as the adult in the room, when you have your true identity set as a foundation, no matter what goes on in your kid's life, um, they will see that. It will be a model and a witness to them through the next days, weeks, years, whatever it is, is coming. And I saw that with me and my wife. I saw as we began to go, you know what? We've lost all control and that's what as a parent you're going to feel if your kid comes and tells you they're struggling with gender identity they're going to change sex etc you're going to feel like i've lost all control what i'm going to do and i'm going to tell you we start with this go to a foundation in jesus mm-hmm. because no matter what decision your kid makes you need to know that you're going to be okay and that god's going to walk with you through this and i learned this lesson at 2 30 in the morning when my daughter was wayward and i was up and i was not sleeping and i was struggling in life and god just laid very clearly on my heart hey dan how'd my kid do how'd my first kid do and i was like wait a minute adam he really botched it up he he didn't make good decisions and i felt like the lord laid on my heart stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect stop acting like you have all the answers you don't have it i was the perfect father in heaven and my boy messed up royally and that gave me a lot of peace inside and parents today when your kid comes to you and they're struggling with these gender identity things, understand they're in a culture and they're in a society that's telling them, go check it out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another 17 year old girl that I was talking with last week, I said to her, I know her pretty well. And I said to her, what percentage of your friends are dabbling in same sex relationships? She said, seven or eight of my good friends right now are doing that. And she said, and I'm in Christian school. She said, the the non-Christian school, the public school that I'm aware of, It's just, it's like, if you aren't trying it, you aren't in the cool group. And so parents, you have to understand that's where kids are. And I'm not making this stuff up. That's what's coming into our office right now. And that's the culture. And if you step back, Randy, you see it. Look, there's not a TV show comes on that it's not kind of just put right out in front of you. So if it looks like it's the norm, if it looks like everybody's doing this, Mm -hmm. kids and teens in particular will certainly go check it out. So parents, the first thing you have to do is understand Your solidity in the Lord yourself is going to help you come and deal with what's coming toward you, and you don't have to do it with fear. You may not like it. You may not want to go through it, but this is an opportunity for you to really check out the next level of depth of trust in Jesus with your child, even when you don't like things they're saying. So I'll stop at least there and see what you're thinking, man.
0: Well, yeah, I think that (laughs) that's not as, as a dad, you know, I want to go fix the kid right now. And you're telling me, turn around and look at myself and make sure my foundation's right. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but you're 100% right. Um, You know, that's just the only way it's going to go. I have to ask you this, because I ran into this recently. Um, Christian parents, friends of mine, uh, and they have a child who, a teenager, young, you know, kind of mid-level teenager, and... uh, who is now non-binary and, and once you get past the what what does that mean you go oh and they're encouraging it and i'm just scratching my head going w- you're, what are you running into that in the christian arena uh, totally uh, enough to learn it?
1: it totally and i actually had a parent say the same thing last week it's funny you would say that randy same situation and um it came about because a friend of mine, their daughter was in a relationship with this other couple, this other family's daughter, both of them's kids go to Christian school. They're both, they all claim to be Christian parents. And when the one who were uh, the conservative parents in this scenario, who didn't want their child in this type of relationship said to the other parents, you were hiding this from us. Why, why were you not even letting us know that? Well, we, we knew you didn't like it. And they said, but why are you affirming it? And they said, cause we want our child to be happy. And that is what I would respond and say to you. People have lost the difference between what it means to be happy and what it means to be joyful. We define happiness as, oh, you've got to let your kids, this is who they are. This is the way God made them to be. Well, Randy, I don't know about you, but if I let myself go with some of the ways I'd like to be, um, I probably wouldn't be on the air with you right now. because uh, yeah, we have you have me to- both. Yeah, we still have to follow the the guidance from God's word. And we have Brad on our office here. He heads our coaching division. Brad struggled with same-sex relationships. He grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Uh pastored for years. He's married to a lady named Michelle. They have four kids. Brad has been a gift to me in being able to just have he helped me write this chapter. And he has been a gift to me helping me understand uh how his mind was thinking in those days. And he is so good at articulating that anything, any any sexual thing that deviates from God's plan from the beginning, and you see it all throughout Scripture. Even in Scripture, there are Scripture passages of people who, David with this, or, sure. you know, all, all those things. Anything that, that goes away from God's perfect plan in the beginning creates chaos and issues in that core family. And so Brad's thing is, We cannot affirm things that do not align with God's word. And so the reason we do it is not because it's our idea. It's not because this is my opinion. It's because God designed it this way from the beginning. If you remember in Matthew, when Jesus even asked, well, Jesus, what about this divorce thing? He didn't answer the question. He said, I will go back to what what God the Father said in the beginning. He made them male and female, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where we, at our office, we take people back to what's the foundation of God's word? There is not one story in God's Word where you see a homosexual or lesbian relationship that is blessed by God. And I I quite often talk with people who are living those lifestyles, and I'll say to them, look, I'm not against you. In fact, I would tell you I'm probably close to you as a a friend. I'm trying to tell you and speak truth into your life from God's Word. And I said, "If, if God... You believe you believe in God like me. Some of the people who live this lifestyle believe say they're followers of God. And I say to them, if God blessed this, there wouldn't be one story in the Bible about it. There would be many, because God doesn't leave things that he blesses and push them to the side. Yeah. And so having that ability as a parent, to have your foundation in God's word, why you stand where you stand, and then be able to do that in a loving, caring way. Again, in the in the church, I'm sorry, we've done this horribly. We have... We have chosen to put that group of people that we call, yeah, they're, they're, they're lost and they don't get it. Well, so am I. Without Jesus, I'm lost in some way. And I think we've done a poor job of communicating what God's word says and done it in a loving way. I had um, someone write a long article published in our local paper here and uh, said, you know, I'm the reason There's so much turmoil, et cetera, in the world. It was a a gay gentleman, and he blamed everything on me. So I I had my assistant track him down, brought him into the office, set him down. He came in, had a newspaper, people, they were going to do all this kind of stuff. And the first thing I said to him was, I don't know where in the past, somebody who probably says they're a Christian, I don't know where they bashed you, where they put you down, where they made fun of you, et cetera. But I want to start with, I'm sorry, because if you ever met Jesus of Nazareth, He would not affirm your lifestyle, but he would love you. And today, as you sit with me in this office, you're going to find out that you're cared for as a human being. By the end of our session, Randy, it was awesome. Forty-five minutes later, the person who came in with the notepad, they'd sit that down, and the guy was like, well, I want to ask you some questions now. Mm -hmm. If we communicate God's truth in a loving, caring way, I believe we can have a real impact, and especially on the lives of our kids.
0: How You're talking about things that are— scriptural foundational things uh and and as a as a christian you know we will all say that that's what we believe uh and we do our best to to get there how do we develop that appreciation for scripture in other people especially in our kids
1: that's randy Wow, you need to go write a book on that, okay? Because I believe developing that appreciation for Scripture is going to become, listen to me, I actually had three people in my office this morning, and I said to them, I think the millennial and younger generation is going to grow up with a new love for Scripture. Because frankly, most churches aren't using a lot of Scripture these days. They'll throw a verse out every now and then. But to actually teach what God's Word said is is being lost in our society. And I'll tell you that what I'm seeing for parents who are seeking to uh, get their children involved in a place where they learn scripture, scripture speaks for itself. You don't have to build entertainment around it. Scripture speaks for itself. The power of God's word speaks into the lives of our kids. And in in the chapter on this, we talk about how you foundationally can get that into your kids' lives. You know, I, I did it a lot of different ways. I did it by recording verses when my kids were really little and let them listen to that with stories at night. Mm. But there are ways you can get a scripture into those kids' minds. And my daughter, this is funny, Randy, when when she came back, she had been gone seven years. Mm. And when she came back, she was in the kitchen one day. She, she got involved in drugs. Uh, man, she was... It's hard to even say it, but she almost lost her life one night with someone beating her. I mean, crazy stuff that sitting here as a dad, I would tell you, still can't believe my little girl, Anna, my little Bubbles, I called her, went through all that stuff. And I said to her, standing in my kitchen, I said, baby, why didn't you come back? Why why didn't you come home? And she said, I woke up on a picnic table in South Carolina, drunk, 3.30 in the morning. And I wake up and I go, what am I doing? And she says, some of those verses that you had taught me when I was a little girl, it started coming to my mind and she said, started giving me peace. And I, Oh man, I still get chills. And and the word of God brings healing. It brings hope. And it can be there. Nobody else was there on that picnic table. Those words that were foundational, that were put in her head. Wow. They were the things that came back to her. So as parents, it's a big responsibility of ours to make sure we put our children in places, especially in those younger years where they can get some foundational Scriptures put into their life.
0: Yeah, that's big. And you know, the best way to bring home that prodigal child is to maintain the heart of the father of the prodigal. Totally. And, totally. Yeah, and and that's what I see. That's what I hear from what you're saying, uh, in a lot of ways, and from what you've done. So.
1: It, it was painful. I'm, I'm sitting here, and you know, I'm still upright. You're looking at me on the screen. I'm still alive, but <laughs> there were days that I literally was figuring out how to put one foot in front of the other because the pain was so great. You know, I'm I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to travel, do what the Lord called me to do, but didn't even know who my daughter was. And so let me first, if if there is a parent watching who has a wayward child and they aren't back yet, I get your pain. I, I used to have, Randy, I have to be honest, I used to have a little bit of a judgmental spirit. When I was a youth pastor, you know, a parent would say, well, my kid's struggling. I would think in my mind. I wonder what that parent's doing wrong. No. Then after I went through this, <laughs> <laughs> I now, if, if a parent says to me, my kid's struggling, the first thing I say is, come here. I want to give you a big hug because um, any parent in that spot is painful and it hurts. And, you know, that's one of the things I hope this book will do is bring a little encouragement to parents in that spot because a wayward child, a child who's lost, a child who's struggling with gender issues Um, you want to fix that thing. Like you said, you want to fix it. I need to fix it tonight by seven o'clock. Well, the reality is that's not going to happen probably in most cases, and it's going to be a journey. And in that journey is where, well, frankly, me and you're doing this interview today, probably because I went through that journey because God taught me so much more about how ministry things I do for him, not about me, could care less. In fact, today I hope people forget my name. I hope they hear something that the Lord's saying and, you know, use that because I, I learned through this, not about me. It's about what God wants to use my life for and the purpose of my life for. And, and so many times um, that, doesn't, that doesn't come across easy or smooth. So we run from it and don't like it. But there's peace. I got peace in my heart today that I haven't had in many, many years. And it's because I'm not trying to get somewhere. I'm not trying to figure something out. I don't need you to buy this book for me to be happy. I'm happy and I have joy in my heart because I'm God's kid. And my, my kids now will say to me, all four of my kids, on Father's Day said, Dad, we saw that change in you. We saw how when Anna was struggling, it uprooted your whole life. You you lost your foundation. You didn't know where you were going. You were struggling, trying to just figure life out. And you found a new depth in Jesus, and that I'm not based on us. And I said to my kids, that's right. Because I said, I didn't even realize it. I loved Jesus like crazy. I was a preacher of the gospel. But I had my family here and Jesus here and I didn't even see it. And when that got toppled, then God got moved to his proper place. And I don't build my world around my kids anymore. I love them, but I told them I'm on this earth to fulfill the purpose God has for me. And I think so many parents um, lose that focus. When a kid goes wayward, man, your heart gets pulled right out of your chest and it gets pounded on. And and some parent listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. You're hurting like crazy today. And I will tell you, this is an opportunity for you to go deeper in Jesus. And so many run from that thought. But I want to tell you, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus if the whole purpose of his life to be happy then God did his son over because Jesus life was not a happy life. It was joyful, but he went through incredible pain. And so if the purpose of this life is I'm going to face some pain to get to a bigger goal of honoring Jesus with my family, with my kids, even in difficult situations, then let's go. Let's take the journey and let's see how it calls me closer to the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And get you back to the foundational issues. And that's really What's what important? God wants for us on an individual level. I know we focus on our kids. And, yep. and I get it. Uh, I wouldn't say you shouldn't, but God's focusing on his kids, which, is, right. which is us and working That's and right. us.
1: Well, the better I do that, Randy, the more I fulfill my purpose for the Lord, a better parent I am. I'm That's so true. much better parent today. My kids are adult kids, and you get to what I'm about to say. When you have adult kids, it's a different game, baby. It's yeah, a it different is. game. Yeah. And with my children, now, I say to them, Your dad is, I'm always here. Calm. I want to talk to you. Every time you want to hear from me, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <gasps> So much better when they reach out to you than you trying to force
0: it down their throat yeah yeah that's true good very good good conversation good i appreciate you opening up and being transparent like that that's not that's not always easy but that's, that's where the rubber meets the road so appreciate that anything i miss uh you know you got your books on your website of course the uh, winning at home is is available on pre-order right now you'll get it next week uh, and, uh, lots of resources on winninghome.com But is there anything else you, I didn't mention that you want to say before I let you go? I appreciate you, man.
1: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. No, the only thing I'd say is I hope and pray that something I did with this draw, everyone, everyone listening, everyone watching just closer to the Lord. That's what it's about. You know, I've, I've been on this journey and he's taking me deeper and I got a, I got a feeling that as I continue to grow in him, uh, he's going to take me to new levels. And if it brings peace, in my heart, and I can honor the Lord great. And I hope and pray that that's what it's done for those who are watching today.
0: You can do it, you can win. You can win at home, and it starts by winning in your life. So, check out Dan's book, check out winninghome.com, and come back. We've got more great interviews for you next time here on Life Today Live. I'll see you again next time. All we do is win big.
1: favor in my life above all that I can ask